this morning uh, to be a part of the church. Amen. Well, if you got your Bibles, I ask you to turn with me to 1 John uh, chapter number 3. 1 John uh, chapter number 3. And uh, the epistle of John where we'll be at this morning. And uh, I want to give you what the Lord's placed upon my heart. 1 John chapter number 3. And uh, we'll look at three verses this morning. 1 John chapter number 3. When you find your place, let's stand this morning and let you stretch your legs and let's honor the reading of the Word of God. And, uh, you don't have to stand to honor the Word of God, but I think, you know, when we, when we do the Pledge of Allegiance and we do the, uh, uh, we stand up for, I think, who all agree with me, you ought to stand up for the flag, amen. And uh, the flag's worth standing up, who all agree with me, this Bible's worth standing up for. And uh, so we're going to read it this morning, First John chapter Number three, verse number one, the Bible says, Behold, what man of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when we see him, when we see him, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Every man that hath this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Let's go, to the Lord, in a word of prayer this morning. Our heavenly Father, in the precious name of the Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord God. Uh, for the opportunity it is to be in your house. I pray, Lord God, that you bless the reading of your word. I pray, Lord God, you bless us now, Lord, as it's come out a lot of time uh, to preach. I pray, Lord God, that you give us that, whichever man of God stands in need of. Lord, I need you this morning. Help me, I pray, touch each listener. I pray, Lord God, that you receive honor and glory now for what you do in your son's holy and sweet name. We ask these things. Amen and amen. Thank you for standing this morning. In the epistle of 1 John, we understand uh, this morning who the writer is. Of course, it's given in the name of uh, John, John the Beloved. When you think about John wrote five books in your Bible. When you go back and you look at the Gospel of John and you go and you look at the book of the Revelation and you look at 1 and 2 John, John, God, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, had John the Beloved uh, to write down all five books. When you begin to look at the book of the Gospel of John, you'll notice that he is, uh, in most books, he is convincing the sinner that Jesus is the Son of God. I'm glad for what John chapter 1 said in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Why? Because the Word was God. And so God used John uh, to let us know that, thank God, Jesus is the Son of God. And so he wrote the book of John to uh, convince the sinner but then when you go over to the book of the Revelations, I'm glad we see that he's writing about future events that have not yet happened, but he's letting us know that are saved where we're going. Now let me say, God had John to write the book of Revelations to comfort the saints. Amen? I don't know about y'all, but I find comfort this morning in knowing where I'm going. Amen? I'm 
glad thing about this world ain't my home. I'm just a pilgrim and a stranger. That's what the first city is built or maker's God. And when I leave the book of Revelations, I'll be honest, there's a lot of it I don't understand. But there's one thing I know. When I get to the book of Revelations, I find out that there's a God that's sitting on that throne. He's ruling. He's reigning. And thank God he's bringing out judgment. And he's working everything out according to his will. I don't know about y'all this morning, but that brings some comfort to my heart. But when we come to 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, God had him to write this down. Listen now. Uh, listen to confirm his servants. For when you come to the book of 1st John, you'll note if you go home and read the, believe there's five chapters in the book of 1st John, 27 times you find the word no. K-N-O-W, no. And so in this book, he is writing about 30 or 27 times about the word no because there's some things he wants us to know. When you look at the book of 1 John, he talks about that uh, it deals with uh, those things that are counterfeits, those things that appear to be real, but a closer inspection you find out uh, they're not real, but rather they're counterfeit. You go read it, he talks about, uh, in the uh, first John, he talks about a counterfeit salvation and how there's some people that think they're saved. Uh, but he talks about how to know that you know, that you know, uh, that you're saved. I don't know about y'all this morning, uh, but I'm glad I don't have a think so salvation. I'm glad I don't have a hope so salvation. I'm glad I don't hope that everything pans out and hope that my good outweighs my bad. But I'm glad, thank God, this morning uh, I can rejoice because I know that I know that I know that my name has been written down in the land for life. He writes about knowing about salvation. But I'm glad, thank God, he talks about, about not only those that have a counterfeit salvation, but he talks about a counterfeit spirit. He talks about, Brother Rudy, in the book of 1 John, to try the spirits that see if they be of God. Because there's a spirit of the Antichrist. And you all agree with me, of no doubt in the day and hour in which we live, there is a spirit of Antichrist that's working. He's working in our midst. You mark it down, friend, everything's going on in the world. It didn't catch God by surprise. But the Antichrist, listen, I understand that he has not yet appeared, but you better believe the spirit of the Antichrist. It's alive and well. But oh, I'm glad, Brother Ray, that the Holy Spirit of the Antichrist is working in this hour. I hope I get an amen right here. I'm glad the Spirit of the Holy Spirit is still working in the midst of which we live. I'm glad, thank God, we got a, thank God, though it might be a counterfeit spirit. I'm glad, thank God, we got the Holy Ghost. Though it might be a counterfeit salvation. I'm glad we can have the real deal this morning. But what come my teaching in the book of 1 John? We wrote 27 times about knowing. There's another word that appears more than the word know. You don't know what it is? 33 times, Brother Josh, he writes the word love. Amen. 33 times in the book of 1 John, he writes about love. And I got to thinking about this. 27 times. He writes about knowing. And 33 times, Brother Rudy, he writes about love. And boy, God begin to stir my heart in these verses. And this is what I want to preach on for the next few minutes on this song. On Jesus Loves Me. This I know. Ain't you glad this morning that Jesus loves you? Amen. Ain't you glad this morning that it's not just a song? Somebody help me this morning.
this morning. Ain't you glad this morning that ain't something that's uh, just in our church here at all? It's not something that we think about. It's not something that we wonder about. But I'm glad this morning I can report to you on the authority of this King James Bible. We have a God that loves us and we can know that He loves us. I'm glad this morning Jesus loves me. This I know. I'm glad I can stand up here this morning and say and not say, Jesus loves me, this I hope so. Amen. Jesus loves me, this maybe so. Jesus loves me, he might, he might not. Jesus loves me on the good days, but not on the bad. But oh, I'm glad, thank God, this morning, as the songwriter said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I'm glad, thank God, from the little ones all the way up to the oldest one in here this morning. You know, we ought not ever get over the fact that there's a God in heaven that loves us. Amen. I bless his holy name for that this morning. I want to give you three things that we can know. Because Jesus loves us. Amen. First of all, I notice in this text in verse 1, I notice Jesus loves me, this I know. And because of that, there's a position we can't examine. There's a position we can't examine. Look with me at verse number 1. What y'all see this this morning? Listen to what it says. Behold. That word behold means to give attention to. It means to get everything else out of your mind and concentrate on what's about to be said. I like the one old country preacher said, uh, Brother Donnie, he said, when you see that word behold, it means looky looky. <laughs> Amen. And what John is having us to say, he's saying get everything else out of your mind because what's fixing to be said is a real big deal. What's fixing to be said needs to have your undivided attention. It's not, listen, it's not that none other scripture doesn't need to have your attention. But John says, listen, you need to make sure you grab a hold of what's fixing to be said. He says, behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. I'm glad Jesus loves me. This I know. And because of that, we've got a position this morning that we can't examine. In verse number one, Brother Terry, it lets us know who we are. Amen. Ain't you glad this morning that you can know who you are? I want to go on record this morning and say, I'm glad I know. Who, listen, who I am, or who I was saying, I'm glad I know whose I am. Amen. There was a young boy in college, Brother Joshi. He went home because he had a loved one who never died, Brother Ruby. And he left college for a few days and he went home. And while he was on that trip, on his way home, he came back to school. And the boy was a straight-A student. I mean, he was on the honor roll list. I mean, everybody was talking about how good his grades were. But when he came back after the funeral, his grades began to decline. His, his mind looked like it was so cluttered and everybody noticed something just don't seem right about him. Something just don't seem like he's not the same person he was. When he left, something seems like it's wrong with him. His grades begin to steadily decline to the point where the teachers pulled him to the side. And said, so, look, we need you to tell us what's going on because 
Before you left to go home, you was a straight-A student. You, I mean, you had everything together. I mean, you looked like you were on honor roll missions. You was heading places. But now, since you come back, it seems like something's wrong. He said, well, let me tell you what happened when I went home. And he said, while I was at home, I found a family Bible. And he said, I began to look at that family Bible. Y'all know how in the front of those Bibles will have a genealogy tree. And he said, I began to look at that tree. And he said, I found out that I was adopted. And he said, the reason why I've been so distracted and the reason why I'm so confused is I don't know who I belong to. Amen. Well, oh, I want to go on record this morning and say to you, on the authority of that King James Bible, I'm glad they don't. When I look at my Bible, I see a tree. Amen. And I'm glad that this morning they don't break my heart. I said, I don't know who I belong to, but thank God because of that Bible, I can read it. Thank God I know of this morning who I am, who I belong to. I'm glad this morning I know who I am. I'm glad this morning we can know who we are. Look what this verse says. He says, Behold, what manner of love. I looked that word up, manner, Brother Donnie. And I had myself a fit when I looked it up. That word manner, you know what it means? You ready for this? It means from from a different country. Go home and look it up. It means from a different country. And I got to think of mine. Goodness in the morning. You know, remember when I preached it last week? Nice when Jesus walked down on the bow of that shield, he walked down on that water. Y'all remember last week? Nice and he calmed the storm by the rain. You remember what the disciples said? They said this. What manner of this is even that the winds obey him? You know what they were saying, basically? Where did he come from? What country is he from? Because he's not from around here. Oh, there in First Peter, Paul Peter wrote about that we all know what manner of people we are. He was talking about that when people look at our lives, they all of a sudden, there's something about them. They're not from around here. There's something different about them. Oh, they're not from this world. Who all agree with me? We're not from this world, but we're of another world. And I'm glad, thank God, when I begin to look at the love of God and I begin to see the love of God, I have to say, what country does uh, this come from? Because there's never been a love like that love. There's never been a love like that love. And if it had not been for that love, we wouldn't know what true love is. Yes, right. Oh, who all agree with me? We look at this love, we see the origin of this love. We see where this love comes from. Who all agree with me? It comes from the Father. I mean, if that ain't been in there, it comes from the Father. I'm glad this love was not manufactured. Amen. I'm glad, listen, this love is not man-made, but this love is from the very heart of God the Father. I'm glad this morning for God's love. Do you realize when we look at the Bible and we think about the love of God, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but you wouldn't know what true love is without God first showing it to you. I'm going to say it one more time. You would not know what true love is had not God showed it to you. See, I love my wife, but I wouldn't know how to love my wife right had not Jesus taught me about love. I wouldn't know how to love my children right had not Jesus showed me about love. I wouldn't know how to love you right had not Jesus showed me about love. And oh, when I begin to think about the love that God the 
Father showed me I had to say, I don't know from which country it comes from, because it's not from here, but it's from another place. But oh, I'm glad 2,000 years ago, I thank God when we think about that love and that came from the heart of God the Father. I'm glad, thank God, the Lord Jesus came to this earth. And can I say it like this? Love came down to us. And the 33 and a half years of the Lord Jesus walked upon this earth. And can I say it like this? He was love. Amen. When he opened up the blind eyes, it was love. When he made the lame walk, it was love. When he made the dumb speak, it was love. When he saved the heart, it was love. When he saved the wicked, it was love. When he saved the Pharisees, it was love. His whole life was a life of love. Amen. You wouldn't know what love was had not came to you. You might listen here and think you're super spiritual this morning and say you love him first, but the Bible's already said this. We love him because he first loved us. I'm glad, thank God, when it comes to the love of God. I'm glad, thank God, Brother Rudy, God takes the initiative. It wasn't that I loved him into loving me, but on quite the contrary, it was him loving me into him. It was him loving me and me loving him. I'm glad God took the initiative. So I'm glad I said it right when I could not go to where he was. Thank God he came to me. And I want to say thank God. Can I take the words just for a little bit? Hope you don't mind if I preach this one. I'm feeling pretty good. Amen. When I say the song I said when I couldn't go to where he was, thank God he came to me. But I've got new words for that. Thank God when I could not go to where love was, I'm glad love. I said love came to me. I'm glad we think about it. We say, behold, what manner of love. Where did this love come from? This ain't some ordinary love. I just say some manufactured love. But oh, this is a manifested love. This is a love that God has shown us. I say hallelujah this morning that Jesus loves me. This I know. I'm glad, thank God, though I can't explain it. Somebody help me. I can't listen. Words will fail me this morning. They're trying to explain about this love. Amen. Let me say this. You can't earn this love. I say hallelujah this morning. You can't enjoy it. Amen. Let me say we see the Lord. He says what manner of love. But then I see this the outpouring of this love. He said what manner of love the Father hath bestowed, bestowed upon us. I looked that word up bestowed. You know what it means? It means to be freely given. <laughs> Hallelujah. It means, you'd be, you'd be surprised when you start studying the Bible what you find. Amen. It says bestowed. It means to be freely given. Oh, can I say to you this morning, I'm glad. Oh, thank God. I just don't know. Listen, I just didn't hear about his love. I'm glad I just don't hear somebody else talk about his love. But oh, I'm glad as a 19-year-old lost on my way to hell. I stumbled into the back of the church. I sat on the back row. And thank God that preacher got up that morning. I really don't remember what he preached. But I say it sounded a lot like this. He loved you. He loved you. He loved you. And I'm going to say on authority of God's word. I'm glad to say this morning as a Bible preacher. He loved you. Sinner, he loves you. He really loves you. He said he bestowed. I'm glad this morning that I don't just have a head knowledge about this love. I'm glad I just don't have a knowledge about this love. But oh, but oh, I can speak firsthand because Timothy Paul Cannon has experienced this love. He's poured it out upon me. I got to think about this. 
you know what? April the 8th, 2009, I got saved. And I thought, I just had started experiencing his love. But you know what I found out? He was loving me way before he ever saved me. Hallelujah. I said he was loving me well before he ever saved me. I thought about before I got saved, how many times his love was a guy in my walk, lost on my way to hell. And many times the devil would drug me off into hell. As many times he tried to kill me. As many times he tried to destroy my life. But oh, I'm glad thank God with nothing else to lift me. I'm glad the songwriter says, love lifted me. I'm glad amazing grace. It talks about through many toils and snares. I'm already come. Oh, I want to say to you this morning, I'm not here because I love him, but rather I'm here this morning because he loves me. But you know what? It not only started, I got to tell you, it didn't start there, I got saved. He was loving me before we got here. But you know what? Then I said, well, he started loving me on May the 30th, 1989. But you know what? It didn't start then. I said, you know what? He. He probably loved me when all the way down through the genealogy when I get down to my, when the Kenny family started. But you know what? He was loving me a whole lot before then. I said, maybe, you know what? Maybe he loved me when Jesus died on the cross. And I'm glad he loved me even on the cross. But you know what I found out? He was loving me way before then. Are y'all with me this morning? I thought my baby would know about on that ark. And God could have wiped the whole world out. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Maybe I'd say he started loving me there. But I still know he was loving me way before then. I thought about the garden when man rebelled against God. But God clothed man with skins and blood was shed. And man that was out of a relationship with God because the city had committed. But God walked in the garden and came to where Adam was. I said, maybe that's where God started loving me. Oh, no. And I say what the Bible says. Before the foundation of the world, he was a lamb that was slain. You know what? Good gracious, I'm about to shout all this place. You know, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. You find one chapter that's devoted to the creation of this whole world. I see that? Genesis chapter 1. It's one chapter that's, that, that's, that talks about how God spoke this whole world into existence. He stepped out on nothing, spoke to nothing. And everything we see before us, he spoke into existence. I mean, think about the galaxies. They talk about the first heaven. Uh, that's when we look up at the sky. And at nighttime, we look up and say, my goodness, how beautiful that is. That's the first heaven. But then we think about that second heaven that goes beyond the veil of the sky. And it goes out into the Milky Way, into the galaxies. And man has not yet trotted everywhere the galaxy goes. And there's people trying to figure out how big the galaxy is. Uh, all they know is it's just from one lifetime up to another lifetime. And they never touch the surface. God spoke all that in existence in one chapter. But then he said this about a man by the name of Abraham. Let the earth cowies. You know how many chapters he's still on Abraham? Over 20-something chapters he talked about the life of Abraham. I know that don't do much for you. But man's trying to figure out how big this thing is. Man's trying to figure out how wonderful this thing is. But when God says, let me tell you what catches my attention, it's not how big this world is. It's not how big that galaxy is. But I'm concerned with the well-being of my children. Amen. And can I say to you this morning, when I think about way before Paul Ken never got here, he was already loving me. Way before my mom and dad ever got here, friend, he wasn't loving me. Way before my great, 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 he was loving me. Way before Adam ever sent in the garden, he was loving me. And way before he ever even created the world, he was loving me. 
He said, preacher, try to explain it. I can't. But hallelujah, I sure do enjoy it this morning. That's the outpouring of his love. How about this? He said this. He said, the father had bestowed. Bestowed. He's outpouring upon us. You want to know what the object of his love is? Do you know who God wants to show love to? It's in that verse. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon to the world us. Oh, give us hope you had somebody help me this morning. I don't know about y'all, but I sure ain't glad, Brother Rudy, I'm in that category. Amen. Amen. I'm glad this morning I can say I'm a part of us. Amen. But oh, I'm glad what John 3 16 says. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I got good news. If you're a part of this world, he died for you. Amen. I'm glad he didn't die for just a handful, but he died for the sins of the whole world. Somebody help me this morning. And I'm glad, thank God, there's never been a sinner that Jesus Christ has not died for. He's died for the sins of the whole world. But oh, I'm glad for that day when that love message was public. But I'm glad for that day when it became personal. And Jesus said, I not only love the world, but I bought the world that I might buy you. Jesus told that parable, Brother Josh, about the man that went out and bought the field because he wanted the treasure that was in the field. Right. He bought the field, Brother Rudy, because he wanted the treasure that was in the field. I'm glad Jesus Christ, listen, on the God of this hill, he paid his life a ransom for me. He laid it down his life for all. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come in repentance. Yeah, can I say to you this morning, I'm glad, thank God, as a, listen, growing up, I heard that God loved the world. I heard that God, listen, other God died for the world. And I'd say amen to that. But oh, I'm glad on April the 8th of 2009, I'm glad that love just wasn't a universal love. But I'm glad that love became a personal love. And I realized as a 19-year-old, that I can understand why he loved my preacher. I can understand why he loved my mama. I can understand why he loved my daddy. But oh, for a lot of them, I couldn't understand why? Why he would love me? I'm glad he told me that morning he loved me. You see, I may not do you any good. There's a lady sitting on that road back there. She loves me. And for a lot of them, she knows me better than anybody else does. Just matter, she knows me better than anybody else in this room knows me. She knows, bro, when, bro, when she knows me better than anybody else, she has to live with me. I went through this one, she has to live with you. I'm amazed that she loves me. But oh, I sure am glad she does. But I got one greater than that. She knows a lot about me, but she don't know everything about me. There's some things I've got to realize that I've forgotten about how weak I really am. There's some things she don't even know about me. And I said, man, I don't know how she loves me. Amen, I've not always been right. Amen. So you didn't realize that you ain't always been right. I ain't always been the right kind of husband. I look back at those kids and I think they love me. And I ain't always been the right kind of daddy. I'm surprised they love me. Oh, <laughs> I know someone that surprises me even more than that. God loves me. Nothing I'll give you any good, but he knows my ends. He knows my outs. He knows my ups. He 
knows my downs. He knows my deepest and darkest secrets that nobody else knows about. But oh, hallelujah. Can I say to you this morning, I'm glad that thing God though he knows everything about me, every job, every channel. He knows everything about me. But oh, I got good news. I'm glad he still loves me. I said he still loves me. He loves me in spite of myself. Jeremiah said like this, he has loved us with an everlasting love. You know what that means? That love never started and that love will never end. And I say amen to that this morning. You know why? Because I didn't do nothing to earn that love. You all say amen. You didn't do nothing to earn that love. Because you know what the flip side of that is? If Brother Terry, if I didn't do nothing to earn that love, I can't do nothing. I can't do nothing to lose that love. Amen. You know what that means? He loves me when I'm doing right. But he loves me when I'm doing wrong. He loves me on my good days. But Brother Don, he loves me on my bad days. He loves me when I read my Bible. But he loves me when I don't read my Bible. He loves me when I'm a praying. But he loves me when I ain't a praying. He loves me when Paul Kenn's doing the right thing. But he loves me when Paul Kenn's not doing the right thing. They don't give me a license to sin. Somebody say it, man. They don't give me a license to live worldly. That's the grace of God may abound. But oh, I'm glad, thank God, when I fall. When I fall, when I mess up, he's still right there. For he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. That means he's with me in the good times. And he's with me in the bad times. I'm glad he's with me when everything's going good. He's with me when everything's going bad. He's with me when I'm up on the mountain, shouting praises. And he's with me when I'm down in the dark, deepest valley. And I don't know whether if I'm coming or if, I, if I'm going. He still loves me. I'm talking about the object of his love. How about this? The outcome of his love. All right, this morning, I'm feeling good. Amen. I'm not only be preaching to an audience of one, but I'm feeling pretty good this morning. They all come of this love. He said, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. Here it is, that we should be called the sons of God. Yeah. Don't fall out when you're right here about to use the Bible. You don't know something? We're all are adopted. Yeah. And you know what? I got to think about it. There's three ways to get into a family in the Bible. There's three ways to get into a family. In this room, there's three ways to get into a family. You can get Brother Rudy into a family by birth. Right, listen, on May, April, or May 30, 1989, I was birthed into the family, the candy family. But then you get into a family by adoption. Amen. You get into a family by adoption. But you also can get into a family by marriage. And God says, as a child of God, I got it on all three. <laughs> Amen. John 3.3 said this, more not that I say to you, you must be born again. I'm glad as a 19-year-old I got born again. I didn't have to go back into my mother's womb. No, no, no. But I was born from above. Amen. And I'm glad, listen, I'm, I'm 31 years old. Uh, when I think about my spiritual birth, I'm only 11 years old. I guess I got that right. Don't threaten me out of church. Amen. Hurry up and get I'm 11 years old. My wife probably said, that explains a lot. Amen. <laughs> I was born again. But you know what else? I also got adopted. I wasn't some of God, but He made me a son of God. And then I got married. I'm the bride, He's the bridegroom. But you know what? A, you know what a birth does? You know what a birth does? It guarantees me life. I started listening. 
I understand life begins on conception. Y'all understand me. But on, on May the 3rd of 1989, I still put into this world. People say I started living. Birth guarantees me life. I'm glad, thank God, the new birth guarantees me life. You know the reason why I have life this morning? Because I've been born again. But you don't know what? Marriage guarantees me love. But you want to know this about adoption? It guarantees me a legal standing. You know, back when they were writing the Bible, understand things have changed now. But when they were writing the Bible, do you understand that if you was born a child into a family, by law, they could disown you. If you, did, if you broke their heart, they could disown you. But if you ever adopted a child, you could never disown them. Right. <laughs> can I say to you, Lord, I let you know? Hey, man, he ain't love me with just a sometime love. He ain't love me with just a farewell love. But he's loved me with an everlasting love, friend. And can I say, when I think about that adoption, when I think about being called the Son of God, you know what that being called the Son of God? It guarantees me affection. I love my children more than I love your children. I love your children. Bring my children. Come on, Mother Day. I love your children. Amen. But I love my children. My children. I say, if you love me, be the Son of God. Listen, I'm going to have a lie. Brother Ray, he loves me so much, he's got my picture on his refrigerator. <laughs> I believe every now and again he looks at those angels and says, Hey, have I showed you a picture of my children lately? I love you. Yeah. But you'll know what else. It guarantees me affection. I love this, it guarantees me access. I can go to my father any time of day. Oh, back, in the, back in the war, there was a Back when Abraham Lincoln was president, I read this story. They said that he was, there, was a young, there was a young man that was in the war, and uh, he needed to talk to President Lincoln. But he said that, you know, how it is, I mean, definitely different in this day, especially back then. You couldn't just go see the president without an appointment. It's a lot different today, but that's how it was back then. You couldn't see the president without an appointment. And this young man had a desire to see the president. And uh, he, was in his, he was in his war clothes, and the secretary told him, she said, he'll be with you just shortly. He's in a meeting. He'll get to you as soon as he can. Young boy walked in the room, little boy walked in the room and sat down beside the soldier. And Brother Rudy, you noticed that the, boy, the man was missing an arm. And he got his arm, he said, can I ask you, sir, why are you, why are you missing an arm? He said, I lost him in the war. He said, I'm sorry to hear that. Can I ask you to find you here today? He said, because I want to talk to the president of the United States. But I can't go until somebody comes and gets me and takes me back to see him. He said, oh, okay. We'll go in and talk for a couple hours. It seemed like they talked. All of a sudden, the secretary came out with bad news. He said, sir, I hate to tell you, but the president, he's just too busy. He's not going to be able to see you today. The man was just so disheartened. I don't understand. I'll come back another day and I'll see you then. All of a sudden, the little boy popped up. You notice how sad the man was that he hadn't had a chance to see the president. And the young boy looked at him and he said, Hold on just a second. Come with me. And he grabs the, man by, he grabs the young man by his other arm and he begins to lick him through the door. Come through another door, Brother Rudy. And he, the man's like, What is he doing? Where's he taking me? How does he have this access? 
All of a sudden, he opened up another door. And all of a sudden, it seemed like everybody was falling. They didn't say a word to him. And he's like, where is this young boy taking me to? He's going to get me in trouble. All of a sudden, he took him into the president's office. And he walked up and he said, Daddy, I got somebody here, right here. What's happening to you? And I said, No, he was. He was the president's son. And you know what that guaranteed him? That guaranteed his access. That when nobody else could get there, somebody else was able to get there. I'm glad, thank God, I've got access to the Father this morning because I have the Son. You don't know what else? I've not only got access, I've not only got affection, but I got an inheritance. <laughs> See, as a son, everything, listen, everything God has belongs to me. You see, Jesus Christ is our elder brother. And Jesus on Calvary took our place so that we could take his place. I'm talking about the outcome of that. We're a son of God this morning. See, he said he came to his own, and his own received him not. But such as did receive him, to them yeah. gave power to become the sons of God. There was a young girl over in Haiti Orphanage. And uh, really she had been adopted. But she had not ever seen a family that adopted her. All she knew was that one day they were going to come get her. Now with me, she had never seen them. She just knew one day they were going to come get her. She heard that she'd been adopted. But what the family did that adopted, they sent her over a care package. And in that care package, it was some granola bars, it was some candy, it was a teddy bear, but inside was a family album. And inside that family album, it showed her what house she was going to live in. Inside that family album, it showed her what yard she was going to play in. In that family album, it showed her her playroom. In that family album, this was the greatest part, it showed her her family. Was going to get the baby. But you know what? She had never seen them. She had never seen the house. All she had was a picture. She had never played on that playground, but all she had was a picture. She had never physically touched that family. All she had was a picture. They said, this page, they said she took those old bars and that candy she shared with all her friends. She even walked up to the lady that was over the orphanage and she said, Hold my bear. I don't want to get dirty. But he said there was one thing that she wouldn't let go of. It was a family album. And every now and again, every now and again, she'd take that family album and she'd walk up to people and say, hey, have I showed you lately where I'm going? Have I showed you what playground we're down to play on? Have I showed you what my room looks like? But better than that, can I show you what my family looks like? And she held that family album so give her cause. It was letting her know where she was going. It was letting her know who she belonged to. It was letting her know where she was going to live. But oh, can I tell you this one as a child of God? I've never seen the face of my father. I've never seen that mansion I'm going to live in. I've never walked on that street of gold. I've never breathed that celestial air. But one day I'm going to. But you want to know what I got? I got a family album. And thank God I can look at this family album and let me know what my house is going to look like. It lets me know what the street's going to look like. It lets me know what heaven's going to be like. But better than that, it lets me know what my father looks like. It lets me know what my family looks like. I'm glad, thank God, I think I'll just hold on to my family album because it lets me know where I came from. But better than that, it lets me know where I'm going. I'm 
I'm glad this morning I got a family album. Amen. That's the that's the position we can't examine. I'm glad I'm a son of God this morning. Yeah. I'm glad to say it this morning. Verse two. He talks about have not yet appeared for what we shall be. I lost my place. Hold on. Verse 2. Beloved, now, right now, right now, we are, we are, now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear to what we shall be, but we know that when we see Him, ain't you glad one day you're going to see Him? I said, ain't you glad one day you're going to see Him? I said, ain't you glad one day you're going to see Him? And my faith is going to turn into sight. He said this, we shall be like him, but we shall see him as he is. I notice because of this love, there's a position we can examine, there's a potential we can enjoy. See, verse 1 lets me know, Brother Rudy, who we are. But verse number 2 lets me know what we shall be. You see, I see the anticipation of this potential. It does not yet appear to what we shall be. I said it does not yet appear to what we shall be. I said already, I've never seen the face of my father. Let me ask you this. Have you ever loved somebody without ever seeing them? Some of you are saying, oh, yes, I have. There's some mothers in here that has. There's some fathers in here that has. See, when my kids were born, I'd never physically seen them. But I had a love for them when they were coming out of that room. I remember when Brittany was pregnant. For our children, I could talk to them and she they jump in the womb. I'm preaching, they hear my voice and they jump in the womb. They had never seen me. They knew my voice. I'd never seen them, but I loved them. See, it has not yet appeared to what we shall be. I don't know about you, but there's some anticipation that's building up. But we're going home now. And it's, soon, it's, close, it's closer now than when we first believed. Can I tell you this one? I believe, not listen, it could happen at the church of the night. We're going to check up out of here. You know, they're rebuilding that temple over there. I don't know why I'm saying this. It's right off the cuff. They're rebuilding that temple over there in Jerusalem. When they're going to have that, that uh, uh, altar, that uh, desolation, where the Antichrist is going to sit on that throne for a little while. Now, with me, check this out. They said one of the things they've been missing. Now, go look this up. This is Jewish. This ain't some, this ain't some man making this up. This is Jewish. Just, y'all didn't realize that the Jews don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That's right. But one day in their eyes are going to be open. Right. Hear me. They said they've been looking for a red heifer. You know, they, they talk about because that red heifer, that red heifer is going to be offered as a sacrifice. But they got rules about those red heifers. They can't have any, they can't have any spots on them. They've got to be a pure red heifer. Go home and look this up if you don't believe it. I'll send you the link to let you look at it. They said for the first time, they said they got a red heifer. They got to have one spot on it. It's a pure breed. They said it's the first time in a long time it's ever even happened. I'll just go on record and say that ain't by accident. No. I believe that, listen, he could come today and what, listen, friend, he could come. He, there's nothing else, there's nothing, nothing holding him back from coming. He could come back today. You know how I say to you as a lost person? That would scare me absolutely to death. But as a saved person, I've held my head up high because I know my redemption now. See, so 
somebody looks at him and he says, one day that ruler's going to come back and he's going to bring out judgment. You might look at me as a lost person, but as a saved person, I'm saying one day my daddy's going to come back and get me. Amen? I remember as a little boy, my daddy was a truck driver. And he'd go and go weeks at a time. And I remember we was living in Meriwether County in Woodbury. And up the road, there was a big old hill. And you had to top the top of that hill on that road. And in our, in our house was the bottom of that hill. I never forget, we ain't seen Daddy in several weeks, or a couple weeks. And we, back then, they didn't have cell phones. We didn't know when he was going to be home. I'll never forget. My goodness, I'm feeling good this morning. We heard something, it sounded like a train off in the distance. Home, home. And I said, looked over my brother. And I said, you think that might be him? He said, I don't know. He said, he said he'd be getting close. Uh-oh. I said, I seen that white big, uh, white big old 18 wheeler top, top of that hill. And I seen it. home, home. And I said, there's Daddy. Here it comes. I mean, Mama ran out of the yard and said, finally, I didn't think he's ever going to come back. Amen. But there he came. Oh, can I say to you as a little boy, that did my heart some good things. Nothing compared. The one day he steps out on the clouds and he says, come up hither. And I leave this old world of sin and sorrow. I leave this old weak and ungodly world and I'm going to my home. I'm going to thank God to a better place. There's some anticipation. But then there, listen, there's a realization that we shall be like him. And who am I going to look like? I'm look like him. Hey, <laughs> man. Can I say to you, I'm glad I ain't going to have to worry about this flesh no more. Good gracious. I'm glad I ain't going to have to worry about sin no more. I'm glad I ain't going to have to worry about no sickness no more. But I'm going to have a glorified body. Then there's Revelation. You know what he says? He says, we shall be like him, but we shall see him. I'm glad one day I'm going to get to see him. I said one day I'm glad for at least in the last 11 years I've preached about him. But I've never touched a him in the right. But one day I'm going to get to see the one I'm preaching about. Yeah. One day my, my face is going to be made side. It ain't going to be I wonder what it looks like. It's going to be I know what it looks like. It ain't going to be like he's coming back. But I'm going to be saying thank God he came back. Amen. He's coming. Verse 3 said this. We have this hope. He purifies himself. I see that, verse 3? I'm done. See, verse 1 lets us know who we are. Oh, what man of love, Father, that so upon us that we should be called the Son of God. Verse 2, that's the potential we can't enjoy. That lets us know what we shall be. Yeah. Verse 3 said, He that hath his hope purifies himself. Verse 1 lets us know who we are. Verse 2 lets us know what we shall be. Verse number three lets us know what we should be. You see, since we are a child of God, there ought to be some things from our life that reflects the Father. You see, when we think about sin, you understand this morning that an unbeliever who sins is a creature sinning against his creator. Now hear me? When an unbeliever sins, he sins, the creature sins against his creator. But when a Christian sins, it's a child sinning against his father. When a lost person sins, he sins against the law. But when a son sins, he sins against love. Tell me what's worse. There's a young girl. I'm telling you. There's a young girl. I went off with some of her friends one night, Brother Rudy. And they wanted to go get into some things they 
they should have been getting there. And the little girl, young girl, young teenage girl, she told me, she said, I can't do that. My parents wouldn't approve of that. And she said, that's all the scared cat. Scared cat. But you, you, you scared your daddy's gonna whip you? You scared your daddy's gonna hurt you? He said, no. But rather, I'm afraid that I'm not hurting him. You see, when I think about this love that he shows me, and I see him as my Heavenly Father, I'll be honest with you. I want to watch how I look. I want to watch how I act. I want to watch what I say. Because I love him. And I don't want to break his heart. So you know what we have? You know what we have? We have the purity that we all embrace. See, if you love Jesus like you say you love Jesus, There'll be some things that come to your life that wasn't there before you did when you didn't love Jesus. See, I just thought I loved her. When I got married, I'll be honest with you, I thought I loved her. Little did I know, I was just touching the surface of what real love was. These last 11 years, oh, excuse me, hold on. My goodness, these last 10 years, I'll pray for you, amen? Every day I've been finding out a little bit more about love. A little bit more about love. I love her more today than I did when she walked out that than I out of church. I love her more today than when I knelt down in the Grange, Georgia, right in front of War Captain and asked her to marry me. I love her more today. You ask me tomorrow, I love her more then. But see, since I love her, I ought to treat her differently than I do any other lady in this church. I ought to treat her different than I do anybody else in this church. If I love her like I say I love her. There's things I don't say, you know why? Because I love her. There's things I don't do, you know why? Because I love her. And if I love her with that kind of love, her being my wife, and I say I love my Heavenly Father like I say I do, 